1: The year was 1848. A shiny nugget of gold caught a carpenter's eye, and then he reached his hand into the water, and he fished out this precious metal. And soon, thousands of people just flocked to the California mountains to find their own nuggets of gold. Desperate to make their fortunes, people uprooted their families, really, their entire lives. They loaded up all their belongings onto these covered wagons and made the long journey west. And folks would stand in the clear blue rivers for hours, hoping to find just a shiny speck of gold. They'd sweat under the sizzling sun, but they wouldn't stop searching, and more people came still. Some sailed across the sea in search of this glimmering gold. Nowadays, you don't have to cross these dusty deserts on covered wagons to find a fortune. You could be sitting on a gold mine right now, in your home, maybe it's in your attic or your garage, Or perhaps it's collecting dust in a relative's home. It may seem hard to believe, but before you think, no way, I haven't gotten anything valuable laying around. Okay, stick with me. Everyone's stuck at home right now. Well, people are getting bored. They're going through their things, and they're rediscovering valuables. Some are even finding items worth thousands of dollars. I'm talking old tech here, some games and radios, cell phones, vinyl records. But there are also toys you could have played with as a child, and you can now sell those toys for, say, a thousand bucks. Here's an example of one of the most valuable toys. It's a 1963 G.I. Joe toy that sold on eBay for, get this, oh my gosh, $200,000. Now I remember playing with G.I. Joes. Yeah, I was that tomboy in the neighborhood, but let's put that handheld doll into perspective. Business Insider says that's the average cost of an American home, $200,000. So if you find a G.I. Joe in your attic, you could buy yourself a new house. G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, fighting
0: man for head to toe, on the land, on the sea, in the air. G.I. Joe, attack!
1: In this two-part episode, we're going to tell you all that you need to know about old collectibles, what's valuable, where to sell it and why your trash could be another person's treasure. We're going to talk with some really famous collectors, too. One guy has made a total fortune from selling old Hot Wheels cars. Yes, those little toys. Another's love of hockey led him to collect a collection of jerseys, hockey sticks, and other sports items worth millions of dollars. We're even going to take you to the Metropolitan Museum of New York, where we're going to learn all about the value of baseball cards. So if you're a sports fan who has some collectibles, you could be sitting on a fortune, and you don't even know it. There's so much to get to in this episode that we had to break it up into two parts. By the end of it all, though, you're going to know exactly what to look for when you go rooting around your attic, your garage, or your closet. You're going to hear from some of the experts who've been buying, selling, and collecting for decades. And I am personally going to make sure that you know exactly what to do when you do find that gold at home. So stick around. You don't want to miss a moment of this. Remember all the toys you had back in the day? All those board games, action figures, and dolls that weren't exactly high-tech, but they brought you some fun and joy, maybe, right? You might even say that the memories you made with those childhood toys were priceless. That's not exactly true. There are collectors who pay a huge price to take those toys off your hands. This is especially true if you have a toy in mint condition. I'm talking still in its box. Here's an example. In 2016, An action figure of Boba Fett from Star Wars sold for $32,000. Can you believe it? That's more expensive than a year of in-state tuition at Arizona State University. So now I'm going to tell you about one brand that's an especially hot commodity. Hot Wheels. Get it? It's hot. Hot Wheels? Yes. So anyone can enjoy these toys, from young kids to adults. And if you're lucky enough to own a vintage model, you can make a fortune. That's why I'm so happy to welcome Bruce Pascal to this podcast. He's made a real name for himself as a world-famous collector of Hot Wheels. So, Bruce, give us just an idea of how big your collection is.
2: Right now, it changes because I buy collections and sell and trade. I have about 3,500 Hot Wheels before the year 1985, from 1968 through 1985.
1: And, And almost all of them are in mint condition. You know, I try to collect only the best. Okay, that's so much, and that's not even half of it, right? Then I have another
2: 3,500 items, uh, drawings of what the Hot Wheels were going to look like from the artist, uh, blueprints to make the actual cars, store displays that were in stores in 1975 and 1970, uh, and everything else associated, you know, bubble gum with tattoos that look like Hot Wheels in 1970, the one they sold them a wallet they made in 1973. So I have the paraphernalia, the memorabilia that goes with the hobby, which makes me a little bit different than most collectors.
1: So Bruce, I imagine some of the folks listening today might be a little flabbergasted. They might think, wait, Hot Wheels are just toys. There's no way this colorful car that I got as a child could be worth thousands of dollars. So explain why Hot Wheels have the potential to really make just so much money. I mean, Where's the value in these old toys? People will be shocked. In the 1920s, you could go down to the store
2: and buy a cast iron toy, and it weighed like 10 pounds. Those sell in the thousands of dollars, and nobody even remembers them. During the war, toys became very lightweight and tin, made out of tin and from Japan. Some of those cars are worth thousands of dollars. There are people that collect Matchbox toys, which were made in England. Uh, There are people that collect Hot Wheels.
1: So there are a lot of toys that attract collectors, but what really makes these Hot Wheels so special? Now, it happens to be Hot Wheels
2: has some of the highest values because more people played with Hot Wheels. Think about it. Since 1968, it's the number one boy's toy. So almost literally out of the 300 million, 330 million Americans alive, unless they're like over 80 years old, if they were 60 or 70, they bought kids, they bought the cars for their kid. Like my parents bought it for me in 1968. So the reality is, unless you're over 85 years old, almost everybody in America knows about Hot Wheels.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I can still remember hearing those old commercials on television.
0: They're new. They're authentic. They're the fastest miniature metal cars you've ever seen. (laughs) New Hot Wheels, only from Mattel.
1: So it sounds to me like a lot of the value comes from nostalgia. Tell me more about that. When did you start collecting, playing with Hot Wheels? I was born in
2: 1961,
1: so I was seven years old when Hot Wheels came
2: out in 1968. And it was such a cool toy because they not only sold you the cars, but you had this orange track and you had these accessories that you literally could have what I would call playability with these toy cars that was amazing. You know, unlike baseball cards or, you know, jacks and you know it was just something that was so cool that you could have a small camaro that looked like the cool kid that lived down the streets camaro and you could race it on this track and it would go back and forth for hours and it was probably my number one boys toy that i played with when i was seven eight nine ten years old and then like everybody else i put them away in a cigar box until my mother called me in 1999 and gave the the box back to me and uh then the love affair kind of rekindled And whatever I do, I'm obsessive-compulsive, and I became an obsessive-compulsive collector.
1: Bruce, you've made a name for yourself as a Hot Wheels car collector. You get people from all over the world just coming to you for advice. I bet it's a lot of fun. I mean, you're talking about your passion all day long. So it's got to be a lot more fun than, say, advising people about their finances. But, of course, every job has some roadblocks. So are there any misconceptions that you're dealing with?
2: All the time. The first misconception is people call me all the time and say, I have that rare car that you have. Well, Mattel in 1993 decided to reproduce some of the rare cars. And they say China on the bottom because they were made in China, but people think they have that rare version. And they call me up thinking it's worth $3,500. And I say, Does it say Hong Kong on the base? No, it says China. I said, You have the reproduction.
1: So they thought they had a car worth a few thousand dollars, but really, it was worthless. Ouch. That's the number one
2: issue. Number two, understand just like baseball cards. You could have a box of 660 baseball cards from 1977, but only three or four baseball cards out of the whole pack have any value. And the other ones are worthless.
1: Good to remember. Quality over quantity. So if you find a box of old Hot Wheels cars, that doesn't mean that each one is going to make you a fortune. However, you may have one single car that's worth a ton of money.
2: There are a lot of Hot Wheels, you know, that are made in the 1990s and 2000s and 2020s that there's no guarantee they're going to go up in value. You never can predict what's going to make something go up in value. The one thing that helps is when there's a
1: story. Give us just one example. What type of story will make a toy maybe more tantalizing to buyers, stand out, get more attention?
2: So, for example, if they, if they made a Hot Wheel tomorrow and, you know, two weeks later there was a fire in the factory and they only released, you know, a thousand of them instead of a million, well, then those thousands become very valuable. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, Bruce, that's a great story. I want to talk more about stories, specifically the collection you have. So stick around, because when we return, we're going to dive into one of the hottest Hot Wheel collections around the world. You can't miss it. Welcome back. Now, Bruce, speaking of stories, let's take a look at your own personal collection. Tell me about your favorite car. What's the story
2: there? So uh, my personal favorite is the rarest Hot Wheel in the world, and it's called the Pink Rear Load Beach Bomb. And let me tell you what it is. In 1969, Mattel decided to come up with a Volkswagen bus. And when they first made it, they were testing it to see if it would go around the track and through its little houses that make it go faster. And they realized it kept falling over because just like a VW bus, when you see one on the highway, they're on the highway, they're tall and skinny. The car is more susceptible to falling over.
1: I can't imagine that's very fun to play with. I mean, the whole appeal of Hot Wheels is seeing the cars just whizzing down those orange tracks.
2: And Mattel didn't want to release a car that really wouldn't play well with kids. So they completely redesigned the bus. With these huge pockets of metal on the side so it won't tip over anymore and you would put the surfboards the california style surfing boards in these pockets on the side that was the one that they sold millions and millions and millions of them to the public in 1969 and still today it's a very collectible car but the skinny version there's about 50 of them known in different colors they were all just taken home by employees as like hey we decided not to make this anymore and they were discovered over the years And they're so rare that literally 50 out of the whole world, and there's so many different colors, there's only two known in pink, and I have the best-looking condition pink one there is, and that's why it's considered the rarest Hot Wheel.
1: That's so interesting, a technical error, a problem, a glitch turned a failed toy into a total treasure.
2: And I love it because not just because it's a rare car, but there's a whole story of how it was a prototype and was studied and never released to the public. So
1: tell me, how much is this car worth? It's worth at least $150,000 right now. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me. And this is the most valuable Hot Wheels toy you can get? Yes, yes. After that, there is, I
2: don't own it, but there is a car that's worth between forty dollars and $50,000. And that was a Mustang that they decided to use for TV commercials. So the same way a Christmas ornament shines, like, you know, when you put a Christmas ornament on your tree, they made the Hot Wheel have that same treatment. So it looked like almost like a piece of jewelry. It, it was completely chromed and then painted this beautiful strawberry red. There's only two of them known. Uh, and that is worth 40000 And the car right after that, there's a car that's worth probably about $30,000. And that is the, uh, another version of the over-chrome. And by the way, there are a lot of rear loaders out there, uh, like I said, 50. They range in value anywhere from fifteen dollars to, to 150000 Depends on the color.
1: Those are some huge price tags we're talking about here. And I bet that some of our listeners' ears, I bet your guys and gals, are just perking up hearing these numbers. Bruce, let's say that someone's quarantined at home. They're bored out of their mind, so they go rummaging through their closets. They're it. Maybe an old footlocker that they forgot about or just a box of Hot Wheels cars. They find a toy that they haven't played with in decades. This can be Hot Wheels or another brand. So what should their next step be?
2: If they want to sell it, call me. You know, or it's not too hard to get on the on Google and find somebody that will, will buy your Hot Wheels. Now I do I will say there are some people that pay ten cents on a dollar, some people pay seventy cents on a dollar, you know. So obviously, shop it around so you don't, you don't get burned.
1: Good to know. If I ever find a toy car that I know is valuable, or even if I think it's valuable, you're the first person I'm going to call. But let's say someone isn't sure whether they've got a moneymaker on their hands. What should they do? How How do you just appraise a toy? Well, the number one easiest way to do it
2: in the world is look at eBay and see if you can find your car for sale and get an idea because eBay has a button where you can track actual sales, sold
1: items. Well, that's a huge help to sellers. You can look up the toy that you're trying to sell, and then you can see how much other sellers made. It does give you a strong frame of reference. Because sometimes, remember that person who found the card and think it's worth $3,000? They usually put
2: on eBay for 3000 all the time. And we're all laughing, going, oh, someone's got to tell them it's, it's not the real one, right?
1: Right. So this can help someone make sure they're not pricing, say, a $10 car at a $100 price tag. It helps sellers keep expectations realistic. But the best thing they can do is eBay has,
2: at any given day, I think fifteen twenty thousand 20,000 Hot Wheels for sale and has a historical record of the last 90 days of sales. So you could pretty much do it that way.
1: Wait, so Hot Wheels are selling on eBay at historic records? Good to know. It's probably because we're all stuck at home with nothing to do, as I said. But Idle time can lead people to go on buying binges. But fortunately for anybody who's listening, that means it's also a great time to sell. So, Bruce, are there any resources for folks looking to sell Hot Wheels? Are there any other, say, classic toys that maybe they have laying around?
2: There are hundreds of websites and Facebook sites that we all get on at night. I found a piece of plastic that I got from an employee of Mattel, and I had no idea what it is. I posted it last night. And within 20 minutes, somebody identified what part of a car it's from. So there's a real sharing community out there of knowledge because that's my number one advice. If you get into this hobby, make sure you study, you know, what you're collecting. Find out how many models were made, you know, how hard is something to get. Read on it. Get on websites uh, because the more educated you are, the more likely you're not going to make a mistake.
1: Well, then there aren't many official sources, but there are a lot of collectors you can reach out to on social media including you. People email me all the
2: time and send me a picture and I tell them instantly I can look within two seconds what error the cars are. When somebody calls me on the phone and says my son he left I have his collection of Hot Wheels I have 2,000 of them. The first question I ask is how old are they? If they say he's 59 I guarantee you that collection is worth thousands and thousands of dollars.
1: What if he's younger? What if he's 29? What if he's 20? If they say he's 29, then I say, I'm
2: sorry, he played with cars 20 years ago. And in the year 2000, none of those cars, with rare exception, are really collectible today. They, don't, you know, they haven't matured like a wine. You know, They haven't gotten to that stage yet.
1: Well, I have to hand it to you, Bruce. I've never heard of Hot Wheels being compared to wine before. But the metaphor makes sense. Good to know the value of collectibles ripens over time. So if you find some goodies and you get them appraised, do not be discouraged when you're told, they're not yet valuable. The key word here is yet. So, Bruce, what do you say to people in that situation? Do you hold on to the toys, wait a few years, see what happens?
2: People like to buy their youth. So I'm 59 years old, and I will spend thousands of dollars on cars from my childhood 51, 52 years ago. Okay? Okay. And at this stage of my life, when you're late 50s, you have more money to spend on collectibles. A 29-year-old, if they decide to collect Hot Wheels tomorrow, they probably can't afford to spend thousands of dollars to buy their youth. And lucky for them, it's a lot less expensive. So it, uh, there's, a, there's kind of like a, a symmetry. You know, once an item hits 50 years old, 40 years old, they're probably harder to find, especially in good condition. And that's why they're typically more, more valuable.
1: Well, you know the old saying, patience pays off in spades. Because there's so many places you can go, like
2: Facebook site to uh, on newer cars and older cars, there's a Mattel club you can join, I would say is collect and get involved in the community because then that really gives you more dividends and enjoyment in collecting. You know, it's the difference between having a 1925 Ford in your garage or taking that 1925 Ford to a car show.
1: The moral of the story is get out there and you'll have a lot more fun a great note for folks to remember. Obviously, with this pandemic, there aren't too many opportunities to get out in the near future, but it sounds to me that you made a ton of good friends through collecting. Next up, we're going to see what makes Bruce a bit different than your average everyday collector, and where he keeps all those Hot Wheels cars. So stay with me. Okay, now, Bruce, I want to turn the attention towards you. It wouldn't be a stretch to say that you're more passionate than the average collector. I've heard a rumor that you even got your own Hot Wheels museum. Is that right? So what I did is I did something crazy. I... By day,
2: I'm a commercial real estate agent, and I work with architects designing people's offices all the time. And one day, I decided, since I moved to a new place, to hire architects and design my personal office in my home in the theme of Hot Wheels. And I have a super cool room with reproduced, gigantic track on the ceilings that goes 15 feet high. I have a painted mural on one wall. I have 1,100 cars on the case on one side. I have 2,400 cars stored in built-in shelves on the other. And it's just an amazing office.
1: I saw a picture. It looks like heaven for any Hot Wheels fan. can't imagine having my own office with racetracks and custom painting like that. You're giving me some ideas. Well, Bruce, you design your dream office, but of course you don't keep something like that all to yourself, right?
2: And I started bringing people here. Then one day my wife said, Bruce, could you do me a favor? I don't like coming downstairs and finding a stranger in the hallway, you know, you know and I didn't know he was
1: here. Could you find another place for your Hot Wheels? Can you say stranger danger? I can't imagine your wife just walking through your house and suddenly see a stranger.
2: Now, I want to talk to you kids today about something that I call stranger danger.
1: So, Bruce, your wife said you got to find a new spot for your collection. What would you do next?
2: So she didn't give me any limits. So I bought a 4,000 square foot commercial condominium. It's a warehouse, 22 foot ceilings. It's gigantic. It's the equivalent of going like 33 feet wide and 10 stories back. I mean, it's literally over 100 feet. And it's great. And now I have my entire Hot Wheels in there, plus I keep some antique cars in there. And it's like the ultimate man cave. And I call it the East Coast Hot Wheels Museum. And so when collectors call me, I try to arrange in the evenings or daytime if I'm free to show them the collection.
1: That's pretty incredible from the way you describe it. It seems like there's a pretty close-knit community of collectors, or at least when it comes to Hot Wheels. Did you make a lot of friends? I mean, what kinds of people have you really connected with? Uh,
2: truck drivers become friends with real estate agents. You become friends with lawyers, doctors, business people, and, 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 um, and unemployed. You know, it's, it, and, and, uh, and somebody that lives in a trailer park and somebody that lives in a mansion. It's the connectability of this hobby. We're all attracted because of the love of these cars. And most of us played with them as kids. So the friendships are amazing.
1: Oh, that's really sweet. I love the fact that folks from all walks of life can bond over a toy that they cherish as kids. It's kind of like it takes you back to those simpler times.
2: Real riders have rubbery tires. Check out those
0: treads. It runs smooth. Check it out. Hot Wheels are checking out. Yeah! Hot Wheels Real Riders Turbo Streak. Some cars not for use with some sets. New from Hot Wheels by Mattel.
1: Well, your shared love of the brand becomes an equalizer of sorts. Bruce, I want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your story with us. I got pumped up thinking about Hot Wheels just from talking with you. Any other advice? So I tell everybody, if you collect Hot Wheels,
2: don't just collect Hot Wheels. Find your passion and your specialty.
1: Yep, you have to find your passion. I certainly did. And I feel sorry for people who really haven't because it really makes you get out of bed in the morning. Well, if you're lucky enough to have something valuable, you can clean them up and go to the internet. You'll find tons of advice and good places to sell over there. And that really goes for any toy, not just Hot Wheels. And whether you decide to sell your toys or keep them, there's one thing that will always stick with you, all those fond memories from when you were a kid. In part two of this podcast, we're going to talk about sports memorabilia. So look around your room. Do you have any like old treasured baseball gloves, signed hockey sticks, trading cards, jerseys? posters, anything like that? Maybe you just have something with a popular player's name on it. It might be time to pull all those things out and dust them off because you could find out that an item collecting dust on your shelf could lead you to your next lucky strike. Thanks for listening to Tech You Should Know, and don't forget... Wherever you get your podcasts, hit that big old subscribe button, because this way you get our podcast automatically delivered to you, even if you're sleeping. And also, since you love podcasts, be sure you check out the Kim Commando Show podcast. That's my national radio show. You can get a 30-day free trial over at GetKim.com. No promo code required, because we're that smart. Just head over to GetKim.com and become a member. And if you decide after the 30 days to stick around, it's only a few bucks a month. And I want to give a big shout out and a huge thanks to our guest today, Bruce Pascal. Thanks for lending us your time and your expertise. And I also want to give a huge thanks to Serena O'Sullivan. Oh my gosh, she does such an amazing job. And for all of her work scripting this episode and then putting all the parts together. Another person who deserves some thanks is Mike James our production wizard who just keeps things going so smoothly. Thank you, Mike. And a shout out to a newcomer here at Team Commando, Cassidy Zimmerick, our new show producer. Thanks to everyone who was part of this episode, especially you, our listeners. And don't forget, you can't miss part two of this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And thanks for being there and always supporting everything that we do. I'm Kim Commando. And I'll see you next time, or don't forget twenty-four-seven. You can always find me on our website. That's K O M A N D O dot com.
0: Tax day is coming. Oh no.